Hi everybody, this is Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio. I hope you're doing well. So, Donald Trump, as I'm sure you're aware, has landed like a meteor on the landscape of American politics, kicking up massive clouds of dust, speculation, misinformation, half-truths, non-truths, false truths, and the occasional nugget of accuracy. We're going to go through the list of the untruths about Donald Trump, just so that you can get to a fair assessment of the man's character and avoid the sensationalistic nonsense and get to the man's actual positions and policies, which are well worth an examination and certainly are not above criticism, but let's focus on the real issues. This is the untruth about Donald J. Trump. Now, Donald Trump, one of the things that's quite amazing about watching the media tussles with Donald Trump is that Donald Trump has very clearly explicated his methodology, his approach, uh, how he seals a deal, how he gains publicity, and the value that he hopes to gain out of the media. And the media don't seem to understand this at all and keep falling for the same traps and the same baits and the same setup. And um, Donald Trump, in The Art of the Deal, which is not exactly an unknown book, it's one of the biggest and best-selling business books of all time, Donald Trump said, One thing I've learned about the press is they're always hungry for a good story. And the more sensational, the better. It's in the nature of the job, and I understand that. The point is that if you are a little different or a little outrageous, or if you do things that are bold or controversial, the press is going to write about you. I've always done things a little differently. I don't mind controversy, and my deals tend to be somewhat ambitious. The result is that the press has always wanted to write about me. Now, for those who don't know, Trump first came to the attention of the media in 1973, 43 years ago. And I've said before, media... Uh, Trump does the media better than the media does, and that's partly because Donald Trump has had more experience dealing with the media as an adult than most of the media people have had breathing, right? So it's important. You're going up against an expert when you try to out-media Donald Trump. He also wrote, sometimes they write positively and sometimes they write negatively. But from a purely business point of view, the benefits of being written about have far outweighed the drawbacks. The funny thing is that even a critical story, which may be hurtful personally, can be very valuable to your business. The other thing I do when I talk to reporters is to be straight. I try not to deceive them or to be defensive because those are precisely the ways most people get themselves in trouble. Instead, when a reporter asks me a tough question, I try to frame a positive answer, even if that means shifting the ground. For example, if someone asks me what the negative effects of the world's tallest building might have on the West Side, I turn the tables and talk about how New Yorkers deserve the world's tallest building and what a boost it will give the city to have that honor again. Right? So... Again, as we go through these media scandals, you'll see this being played out again and again. He wrote, the final key to the way I promote is bravado. I play to people's fantasies. People may not always think big themselves, but they can still get very excited by those who do. That's why a little hyperbole never hurts. People want to believe that something is the biggest and the greatest and the most spectacular. I call it, he said, truthful hyperbole. It's an innocent form of exaggeration and a very effective form of promotion. And um, we'll see this playing. And it's amazing. The media, this has been out there. They can read this. This is exactly his game plan for dealing with them. And they just keep making the same mistakes again and again. So, there's an old quote from Mahatma Gandhi that is rele uh, relevant to this, where he said, first, they ignore you. Then, they laugh at you. Then, they fight you then you win. So since 1988, Donald Trump has been discussed as a potential presidential candidate. He is not new to this game. In the 80s, 
he was giving speeches at the Republican National Convention, uh, which was, you know, pure conservatism in a drip box. In 1999, Trump actually briefly declared himself as a candidate for the Reform Party's presidential nomination, but withdrew, claiming the party was a total mess and that you could only win the whole thing with a totally unified party. In response to questions if he would seek the presidency in the future, Trump commented, in a number of years, I might consider it. Now, Ed Schultz from April 2011 wrote, Donald Trump continues to parade himself around the media as if people in this country actually care about his potential candidacy in 2012. I don't think they do. This is a circus and it's fake. Mr. Trump, stop embarrassing yourself. So it's good to know that a guy whose main job is figuring out what his audience is interested in has no idea that people might possibly be interested in Donald Trump. Seth Meyers, the comedian, May 2011. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising because I just assumed he was running as a joke. George Will on Mitt Romney spending time with Donald Trump, May 2012. Quote, I don't understand the cost benefit here. The cost of appearing with this bloviating ignoramus is obvious, it seems to me. Donald Trump is redundant evidence that if your net worth is high enough, your IQ can be very low and you can still intrude into American politics. This idea that the barbarian is at the gates is uh, kind of well played, particularly uh, on the right. On May 17th, 2015, Trump said that he would make an announcement in June that would, quote, surprise a lot of people. This prompted a flood of comments from the mainstream media. Kyle Smith, New York Post, quote, Stop pretending Donald Trump is not running for president. The only people who want Donald Trump to run for the Republican presidential nomination are Democrats. Richard Cohen from the Washington Post, quote, If Donald Trump runs, other GOP candidates gain. Republican candidates better pray that Donald Trump gets fully into the race. He'll make everyone else look better. It's a fine prediction. I wonder how happy the Republican presidential candidates are that Donald Trump is leading them by double digits. Jonah Goldberg from the National Review, quote, If Trump is a tenth as brilliant as he says he is, there's a really clever scheme hiding amidst all of this juvenile whining like a shiny pony obscured by piles of manure. The thing is, I'm too dumb to see it. All I see is a guy who's been preening for attention with bogus talk about running for president for years, who's deeply offended that nobody believes him or cares anymore. Excellent prediction. Stephen F. Hayes, The Weekly Standard, Clown Show. Uh, and um, no circling back in the media to apologize for being so wrong. On June 16th, 2015, Donald, Donald J. Trump announced his candidacy for president of the United States at the Trump Tower in New York City. But media pundits and politicos claimed that it was a publicity stunt and that he would never file his official declaration or financial forms. And a Navarro GOP strategist, GOP for those uh, outside of America, is the Grand Old Party. It's another name for the... Um, uh, Republicans, quote, he's going to be a distraction. I can tell you, I'm leading the dumb Trump movement. Trump's announcement was a rambling, ridiculous stream of consciousness. I can't treat it as a serious Republican platform, and I can't treat it as if it's coming from a serious Republican candidate. Simon Malloy from Salon, quote, there's still no actual reason to pay attention to Trump because he's not and never will be a serious contender for the presidency. But if he's going to pretend and we're not going to ignore him like we should, then let's at least devote our energies to educating the voting public in minute detail on just how incredibly stupid he really is. And this is the kind of stuff where the media is really excellent at driving away their core constituency. If people love Trump and you dump on Trump, well, people are going to stop 
consuming your media. David McIntosh, explaining why he's a former Republican congressman, quote, our view of Donald Trump is, yeah, he's a great entertainer. He's been a good developer, but he's not a serious candidate for president. Carl Rove, Fox News, quote, this guy's not a serious candidate. He had yet to file the one-page declaration of his candidacy with the FEC. It's a Federal Election Commission. He will delay filing his financial records, and mark my words, he will delay and ask for extensions as long as possible. Ignore him. Good job, Carl. Finger on the corpse of the nation. On June 22, 2015, Trump did file his election papers, commenting, I am pleased to submit this filing to the Federal Election Commission formalizing my campaign for President of the United States. So people thought that he wasn't going to file because you've got to declare your financials, and people thought, well, people, he doesn't want people to find out that he's not as rich as he says he is and all that, and, well, proven wrong. Now, you may have heard a tad of a kerfuffle on illegal immigration. So after mocking Trump, after ignoring his candidacy and labeling him as a complete buffoon, the mainstream media eventually figured out that Donald Trump was serious about his candidacy and, of course, wasted no time in going for his throat. There's an entire setup in American politics where people donate to politicians in return for political favors that help them make a lot of money. And Donald Trump is bypassing all of that by self-funding his own campaign and not being beholden, being beholden to any of the um, lobbyists. So um, you know, the lobbyists as a whole, the existing Republicans and Democrats, um, he's breaking the whole machine. Donald Trump, what did he actually say about immigrants? Quote, when Mexico sends its people, they're not sending the best. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. But I speak to border guards, and they're telling us what we're getting. All right, I'm sure you don't need a lot of help breaking this down, but uh, he said uh, he's talking about illegal immigrants from Mexico, and there's a subset of them that are uh, criminals. They're bringing uh, drugs across the border, and they're rapists, uh, and so on, right? The New York Times. Trump's claim that illegal Mexican immigrants are rapists. Okay, so going from a subset to a whole, you'll see this pattern repeated over and over and over again in attacks on anyone the media doesn't like. Uh, we'll see this with Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, we'll see this with a variety of other issues. The Huffington Post. He called Latino immigrants criminals and rapists. Okay, illegal immigrants, first of all, that's a subset of immigrants. Of course, a lot come in legally. And criminals and rapists as a subset of the illegal immigrants, so they extrapolated it so that he was calling all Latino immigrants criminals and rapists. Washington Post, he referred to Mexicans as rapists. See, that's even better because he's now apparently not just talking about a subset of illegal immigrants coming into the United States, but every single person in Mexico. Not true. Time Magazine, Trump's comment that Mexican immigrants are rapists. Again, not true. Trump called Mexican immigrants rapists and criminals. Again, not true. LA Times, describing Mexican immigrants as rapists. Not true. Fortune, branding Mexican immigrants as criminals and rapists. Not true. Hollywood Reporter, he referred to Mexican immigrants as rapists. Not true. CBS News, Trump defends calling Mexican immigrants rapists. Not true. And again, this, the media, maybe there are older guys in the media who don't understand that there's YouTube or something, and so they don't know that people can go and get the real information, which widens their distrust in the mainstream media. When you see someone's comments mischaracterized in such an egregious way, you simply lose faith in the mainstream media because either they're not checking the source, in which case they're incredibly irresponsible, or they are, but they're not telling the truth about it, in which case they're even not interested in informing you, they're interested in controlling the narrative and controlling you. Mitt Romney, I think he made a severe error in saying 
what he did about Mexican-Americans, and that's not even close to the truth. You see, Mexican-Americans, I would assume, are those who have uh, immigrated to America and have become citizens, uh, or at least landed immigrants. And so he's not talking about those at all. And so this is like even much, even more of a miss. Jeb Bush said, to make these extraordinarily ugly kinds of comments is not reflective of the Republican Party. He's doing this. He's not a stupid guy, so I don't assume he thinks that every Mexican crossing the border is a rapist. He's doing this to inflame and incite and to draw attention, which seems to be the ongoing principle of his campaign. Of course, he didn't say every Mexican crossing the border is a rapist, because a lot of them are crossing the border perfectly legally. Uh. Rick Perry. Hey. Do these glasses make me look smart yet? Donald Trump does not represent the Republican Party. I was offended by his remarks. To paint with that broader brush, he's going to have to defend those remarks. I never will. Uh, heaven spare us from people who are just offended. Marco Rubio, quote, Trump's comments are not just offensive and inaccurate, but also divisive. Our next president needs to be someone who brings Americans together, not someone who continues to divide. Bernie Sanders, that is old-fashioned racism. That is xenophobia for a major candidate for president of the United States to be throwing slurs at one group of people because of the country of origin that they came from is totally unacceptable, period. And again, he was talking about a subset of the illegal immigrants, not everyone from Mexico. So Bernie Sanders is really upset at slurring while slurring. <laughs> Hillary Clinton. I'm very disappointed in those comments. I feel very bad and very disappointed with him and with the Republican Party for not responding immediately and saying, enough, stop it. Donald Trump responded by saying, it seems like I'm sort of the whipping post because I bring it up and I don't understand whether you are liberal or whether you are conservative or whether you're a Republican, Democrat, why wouldn't you talk about a problem? The crime is raging, it's violent and people don't want to even talk about it. If you talk about it, you are a racist. I don't understand it. So what was he talking about? So why is he talking about immigration and rape? Well, Trump had specifically referenced a fusion article stating that according to directors of migrant shelters, a quote, staggering 80% of Central American girls and women crossing Mexico en route to the United States are raped along the way. That's 80% of these women en route to the United States are raped along the way. So that's why he's talking about rapists. There's, the data is there, but of course, nobody talks about it. They simply exaggerate and misdirect people. So comparatively, the nonprofit organization Amnesty International has previously estimated the number of women being raped at 60%. Quote, women and girl migrants, especially those without legal status traveling in remote areas or on trains, are at heightened risk of sexual violence at the hands of criminal gangs, people traffickers, other migrants, or corrupt officials. That's from the 2010 Amnesty International report. The mainstream media has regularly joked about the absurdity of Mexico paying for the creation of a wall along the southern United States border. It is claimed that Trump refuses to offer details on how this would be done, but specifics were included in his original immigration paper. Everyone, Then you'll see this often. People will say, Donald Trump uh, is not providing any details, any specifics, but... He does. So this is what he said, quote, Mexico must pay for the wall. And until they do, the United States will, among other things, impound all remittance payments derived from illegal wages, increase fees on all temporary visas issued to Mexican CEOs and diplomats, and if necessary, cancel them, increase fees on all border crossing cards, of which we issue about a million to Mexican nationals each year, a major source of visa overstays, 
Increase fees on all North American free trade agreement worker visas from Mexico, another major source of overstays, and increase fees at ports of entry to the United States from Mexico. Tariffs and foreign aid cuts are also options. We will not be taken advantage of anymore. Now, again, the mainstream media will often portray, I said he's going to do it, how's he going to pay for it? And he said exactly how he's going to pay for it, but they don't want to report on that. This is King. He say, oh, he's got lack of formal plans for X. And it's often after specific policy papers have been published by the campaign. After misrepresentation of Trump's illegal immigrant comments spread, PGA of America, Golf Group, NASCAR, Racing Car Group, and ESPN Sports Channel all announced that they were canceling events at Trump properties. The media, media gloated over the fallout. This is what people on the left do if they disagree with you. They don't rebut your arguments. They simply go for your source of revenue. Donald Trump said... So, you know, it's unbelievable. You hear NASCAR and ESPN leaving Trump. One was a banquet and the other was a simple golf outing. Oh, and by the way, now other people will play golf. So I'll get two fees instead of one. I mean, the whole thing is crazy. They left a big, fat, beautiful deposit on the table and they have to go to a course that's not even nearly, nearly as good. That's some of the best courses in the world. So um, he gets to advertise himself. He gets to make more money and the left is um, stymied. Now, Univision and NBC, these are two television uh, stations or television channels in the United States, and Univision is Spanish language one. They announced that they would not be airing the Mr. Universe competition. NBC and Trump were co-owners, as contracted due to the president, presidential candidate's immigration-related comments. Trump responded by suing Spanish language Univision for $500 million due to breach of contract and defamation. At press time, the case has yet to be resolved. Trump settled his dispute with NBC, buying full control of the Miss Universe organization, only to sell it mere days after obtaining the company. Now, the department store Macy's obtained significant attention for dropping the Trump clothing line, only to find itself on the receiving end of a boycott by Trump supporters. In January 2016, Macy's reported a same-store holiday sales decline of 4.7% and now plans to close 40 stores. Donald Trump, quote, Macy's totally caved at the first sign of potential difficulty with special interest groups who are nothing more than professional agitators, who are not looking out for the people they purport to represent, but only for themselves. Yeah, the media, I think, has substantially underestimated uh, American people's impatience and exhaustion with political correctness. That's just what he said at the beginning, but who listens? After a Trump event... In Arizona on July 16, 2015, Senator John McCain commented on the candidate's immigration proposal, quote, It's very bad. This performance with our friend out in Phoenix is very hurtful to me because what he did was he fired up the crazies. We have a very extreme element within our Republican Party. Now he galvanized them. He's really got them activated. He's kind of insulting his own constituents here, and this is how deep the Trump sentiment goes. Now, you can look on the Internet. John McCain has done... Criminals crossing the borders, let's build a fence and keep them out, videos before, but this is a feud between John McCain and Donald Trump. Now, this statement from McCain, who has made very similar immigration crime statements previously, sparked a public feud between the two figures. So during a Q&A, Trump was asked about the comments, McCain's comments, and Trump said, McCain insulted me and he insulted everybody in that room. And I said, somebody should run against John McCain, who has been, in my opinion, not so hot. And I supported him for president. I raised $1 million for him. That's a lot of money. I supported him. He lost. He let us down. But he lost, and I never liked him much after that because I don't like losers. But, but Frank, Frank, let me get to it. And uh, Frank Lund said, he's a war hero. He's a war hero. Trump said, he's not a war hero. Lund said, he's a war hero. 
Trump said he is a war hero. Luntz, five and a half years in a Vietnamese prison camp. Trump, he's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, so he's a war hero. Do you agree with that? He's a war hero because he was captured, okay? I believe perhaps he's a war hero. But right now, he said some very bad things about a lot of people. So what I said is, John McCain, I disagree with him that these people aren't crazy. So he said a couple of times, three or four times, that John McCain is a war hero. What does the mainstream media say? They jumped on the comments with salacious headlines as pundits demanded that Trump leave the presidential race. NBC, he's not a war hero. Donald Trump mocks John McCain's service. CBS, Trump, McCain, only a war hero because he was captured. ABC, John McCain wants Donald Trump to apologize to veterans. Washington Post, Trump slams McCain for being captured in Vietnam. Politico, Trump attacks McCain. I like people who weren't captured. The Daily Beast, draft dodging Trump says POW McCain, not a war hero. Again, you can find all of this uh, online and listen to it for yourself. John McCain, so many women, so many men and some women who served and sacrificed and happened to be held prisoner and somehow to denigrate that in any way, their service, I think, is offensive to most of our veterans. So he's having a feud with John McCain after John McCain says some untruthful things about Donald Trump. Donald Trump takes a swipe at him and suddenly now it's been extrapolated to all veterans. Jeb Bush, enough with the slanderous attacks at send John McCain and all our veterans, particularly POWs, have earned our respect and admiration. Ted Cruz, eh, stayed fairly classy. Folks in the press love to see rep on rep violence, so you want me to say something bad about Donald Trump or bad about John McCain or bad about anyone else? I'm not going to do it. Donald Trump, four times I said he is a hero, citing a fact check article by journalist Cheryl Atkinson. But you know, people choose little selective pieces. If you read what I say or watch what I say, which is even better, you'll say that there was nothing wrong. So, was he a draft dodger? Of course, this all sparked off claims about Donald Trump being a draft dodger. The New York Daily News, quote, Photos show Donald Trump in military uniform with athletic teams before dodging the Vietnam draft with, quote, bullshit injury. Donald Trump, once a smiling teenage cadet at a military academy, dodged the Vietnam War with student deferments and a boo-boo on his foot, records show. Well, what are they talking about? Well, Trump biographer Wayne Barrett said, quote, I doubt it was a serious medical issue. Up to that time, he was an active athlete. It was bullshit. I never heard of any foot problem other than them being well-placed in his mouth. <laughs> Trump had in fact, four student deferments, right? So you're up for the Vietnam War, there was a draft, of course, and if you were in school, if you were in college, you got student deferments. Trump had four student deferments and a temporary medical disqualification for bone spurs in his foot, but was still entered into the draft, getting numbers 356 out of 365. His high number never got picked. So, of course, I'm sure what he did was he submitted his doctor's reports and x-rays to the army who said you can't serve. Then he ended up getting entered into the draft, which meant by definition he's not a draft dodger, and um, never got called. Pundit Fact, a site powered by PolitiFact.com, wrote, quote, To the best of our knowledge, no one has charged Trump with violating the selective service law. His student deferments were routine, and unless someone has new information, there is no legal issue with his medical deferment, because they're actually, by saying he's a draft dodger and faked or falsified or exaggerated his medical injury, they're accusing Donald Trump of a crime, of a crime, uh, and uh, this has never been proven. Trump campaign statement, quote, although he was not a fan of the Vietnam War, yet another disaster for our country, had his draft number been selected, he would have proudly served and he's tremendously grateful to all those who did. 
Ah, the war on women. He's already warred against all Mexicans. He's already warred against all veterans. And now apparently he's warring against all women. And this is the standard media operation. Take a small thing that you say and blow it up to everyone to paint you as a bigot. On August 6, 2015, Megyn Kelly, who is a um, personality at Fox News, ignited a discussion about Donald Trump and the war on women at the Fox News Republican debate. Megyn Kelly, quote, Mr. Trump, one of the things people love about you is you speak your mind and you don't use a politician's filter. However, that is not without its downsides, in particular when it comes to women. You've called women you don't like fat pigs, dogs, slobs, and disgusting animals. Donald Trump said, only Rosie O'Donnell, which got a good laughter, uh, which we'll talk about in a moment. Kelly went on to say, for the record, it was well beyond Rosie O'Donnell, finger wag, finger wag. Trump, yeah, I'm sure it was. Kelly, your Twitter account has several disparaging comments about women's looks. You once told a contestant on Celebrity Apprentice it would be a pretty picture to see her on her knees. Does that sound to you like the temperament of a man we should elect as president? And how will you answer the charge from Hillary Clinton, who was likely to be the Democratic nominee, that you are part of the war on women? Trump, I think the big problem this country has is being politically correct. Applause. I've been challenged by so many people and I don't frankly have time for total political correctness. And to be honest with you, this country doesn't have time either. And frankly, what I say and oftentimes, it's fun, it's kidding, we have a good time. What I say is what I say. And honestly, Megan, if you don't like it, I'm sorry. I've been very nice to you, although I could probably maybe not be based on the way you have treated me, but I wouldn't do that. For those who don't know, the Donald Trump slash Rosie O'Donnell feud began when Trump decided not to fire Miss USA Tara Connor, after revelations of underage drinking, public sexual activities, and drug use. She tested positive for the use of cocaine, heroin, and crystal meth, which violated her contract of, you know, decent behavior while she was Miss USA. Now, Trump allowed Miss Connor to keep her crown on the condition that she attend rehab. Quote, I've always been a believer in second chances. Tara is a good person. Tara has tried hard. Tara is going to be given a second chance. Now, Rosie O'Donnell then went on the television show called The View and insulted Trump, mocking his appearance, making fun of his hair, like that's a new one, and claiming that he had personally gone bankrupt. Quote, he's the moral authority, left the first wife, had an affair, left the second wife, had an affair, had kids both times, but he's the moral compass for 20-year-olds in America? The celebrity apprentice comment that Megyn Kelly referred to about the woman on her knees was directed at Brandy Roderick. She said, like him, I... Didn't even remember him saying that. I've always had a positive experience around Donald. He's always been encouraging. He's never been disrespectful to me. I don't condone men being derogatory, but I think he's just on television. He's trying to be funny. He didn't mean anything horrible by it. Ah, but just because she's not offended doesn't mean that the mainstream media can't clutch its pearls, faint on a couch, and get all Victorian. Now, as far as answering Hillary Clinton's charge that Trump is part of the war on women, from the book Trump Surviving at the Top, quote, I'm not a crusader for feminism, and I'm not against it either. I'm just oblivious to a person's gender when it comes to hiring people and handing out assignments, which is true. Uh, in general, the, the freer the market, the less discrimination uh, it uh, manifests because uh, it's only interested in one color, uh, which is green. Ah, the menstrual attack. Donald Trump, quote, I'm very disappointed in Fox News. I think they probably had an agenda, but certainly I don't have a lot of respect for Megyn Kelly. She's a lightweight. I just don't respect her as a journalist. I have no respect for her. I don't think she's very good. I think she's highly overrated. She gets out and she starts asking me all sorts of ridiculous questions. 
And you know, you can see there was blood coming out of her eyes, blood coming out of her wherever, but she was, in my opinion, she was off base. And by the way, not in my opinion, in the opinion of hundreds of thousands of people on Twitter. Now, during the same conversation, Trump also criticized moderator Chris Wallace, saying there was blood pouring his, out of his eyes too. Now, of course, the media got all pearl clutchy and couch fainting and insinuated or directly stated that Trump was referring to her menstrual cycle. The campaign commented, Mr. Trump said blood was coming out of her eyes and whatever, meaning nose, but wanted to move on to more important topics. Only a deviant would think anything else. Now, Trump, after this boycotted appearing on Fox, the channel, taking his ratings drawings power with him, and he is a giant eyeball magnet, he told Sean Hannity, another Fox personality, in a private phone call that he was never doing Fox again. Trump then appeared on all four Sunday non-Fox public affairs shows, and the main story was the bias of Fox News. Trump continued this strategy until Roger Ailes, who's the head of Fox News, called him supposedly desperate to broker a truce. Donald Trump, I don't start these fights, but I sure as hell win them. And uh, I think that's something Americans respond to. Ah, the bankruptcies. Four bankruptcies, four bankruptcies, four bankruptcies. If I repeat it, it uh, becomes true and valid. So, routinely reported, Donald Trump has filed for bankruptcy, which is untrue. He has, in fact, filed for four business bankruptcies, quite different from personal bankruptcies, all of which were centered around Atlantic City properties. Atlantic City was a gambling uh, mecca until it wasn't. And Donald Trump, as he says, one of the first people to get out. Donald Trump said, out of hundreds of deals, hundreds, on four occasions, I've taken advantage of the laws of this country like other people. The difference is when somebody else uses those laws, nobody writes about it. When I use it, it's like, oh, Trump, Trump, Trump. So bankruptcy number one, the Trump Taj Mahal in 1991. The casino was nearly $3 billion in debt, while Trump had racked up nearly $900 million in personal liabilities. Trump gave up half of his ownership stake, but retained control of the property. Uh, and the option, just by the by, the option to not declaring bankruptcy, uh, which is where you put a shield around the property while you work things out with creditors, uh, you can just shut the whole thing down and fire everyone. Would that have been preferable to people? Bankruptcy number two, Trump Castle Associates, 1992. The Plaza Hotel in New York had accumulated $550 million in debt. Trump gave up half of his interest in the Trump Plaza Hotel in New York to Citibank, but retained his stake in Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City, as well as the Trump Castle Casino Resort. Bankruptcy number three, Trump Hotel and Casino Resorts in 2004. The company had accrued an estimated $1.8 billion in debt and shared $500 million related to the Atlantic City casinos and a riverboat casino in Indiana. Trump turned over majority control of the company to his bondholders, but remained the single largest shareholder. Number four, Trump Entertainment Resorts 09. After the 2008 economic recession, Trump gave up on his Atlantic City properties, resigning from the board and giving up his remaining stake in the company. Donald Trump said, I had the good sense and I've gotten a lot of credit in the financial pages. Seven years ago, I left Atlantic City before it totally cratered. These lenders aren't babies. These are total killers. These are not the nice, sweet little people. One of the largest creditors in the first bankruptcy was financier Carl Icahn who held $400 million in bonds. Backing up Trump's claim, it's just business, it's not personal, Icahn has not only endorsed Donald Trump for president, but agreed to be his treasury secretary if elected. Law professor Adam Levitin, quote, the mere fact of these filings is somehow imputed to be a personal failing of Donald Trump. I have never heard anyone suggest that these filings were because of Trump's bad management. 
Bankruptcy is a background term to every contract. It's an embedded option. Lenders price for it. This is old news to bankruptcy scholars, even if it still shocks some people. No one should weep for his lenders having lost money. They were sophisticated parties who presumably priced for Trump's bankruptcy risk and had diversified portfolios. Frankly, Trump would be a fool if he hadn't filed for bankruptcy. So when you say he prices for it, it means that when you lend money to somebody who might go bankrupt and the possibility of you know, economic changes can occur, the winds can change and tastes can change. So when you lend money to someone, you build in the possibility of bankruptcy into the interest rate that you're charging. So they weren't taken to the cleaners. It's, it's, it's priced for. The Bible. The media asked Trump what his favorite Bible verse was, and he declined to answer, saying, eh, it's very personal. The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. So he said, I'm not going to. And immediately the mainstream media reported that he was unable to name his favorite Bible verse. Bobby Jindal, a politician. Donald Trump's never read the Bible. BBC. Does Donald Trump have a God problem? The Daily Beast. Donald Trump's biggest vulnerability is the Bible. Mother Jones. Ah, such a religious institution. Donald Trump once again shows that he's probably never cracked open a Bible in his life. Business Insider. Donald Trump just dodged two questions about the Bible. <laughs> How do these people sleep? Trump eventually commented on his favorite Bible verse. Proverbs. The chapter, never bend to envy. I've had that thing all of my life where people are bending to envy. So he just paraphrased it, and then the media then proceeded to attack him for horribly misquoting the verse that he never actually, in fact, attempted to quote. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like a kitten with a mirror. Trump's campaign clarified that he was referring to Proverbs 24.1.2. Quote, Be thou not envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them, for their hearts studieth destruction, and their lips talk of mischief. And anybody who doesn't know who he's talking about needs to stop watching this presentation. Ah, Muslims in 9-11. During a speech, Trump commented that thousands and thousands of American Muslims celebrated the 9-11 attacks, specifically noting reports from New Jersey and footage that he had seen on television with his own eyes. The mainstream media, including the New York Times and the Associated Press, immediately denounced Trump, claiming that there is or was no evidence of Muslims in America celebrating on September 11th. So let's rewind for a moment, people. Remember, he says, strategic ex exaggeration. Hyperbole is helpful, so he exaggerated. The media didn't respond with, it was less than that. They responded with, there was none! Thus creating a controversy, thus creating an uproar, and thus, at a time when he's in trouble with his stance about uh, uh, Muslim immigration, he gets across to millions of Americans through the mainstream media without having to buy a single ad, the actual facts, which we'll see in a moment. It didn't take long for a post-9-11 Washington Post article from Serge F. Kovaleski to surface, quote, in Jersey City, within two hours of two jetliners plowing into the World Trade Center, law enforcement authorities detained and questioned a number of people who were allegedly seen celebrating the attacks and holding tailgate-style parties on rooftops while they watched the devastation on the other side of the river. So now an entire generation of people too young to remember 9-11 has been educated about American Muslims apparently or allegedly celebrating the 9-11 attacks. There was also follow-up from Princeton University lecturer Ethan Kawaja in July 2004, quote, In an email to me on December 16, 2003, Kovaleski in indicated that his information had come from the Jersey City Police Department and that he had confirmed the JCPD's information via interviews of eyewitnesses of the celebration. So, American Muslims apparently or allegedly celebrating 9-11 in New Jersey. 
Television news reports have also surfaced covering the events in New Jersey, including footage of mass Muslim celebrations in the Middle East, not in New Jersey, in the Middle East. Despite the evidence that there were these celebrations in New Jersey, Kovaleski, who now works for the New York Times, started walking back the statements in his article. Trump commented on the situation during a speech. Now, the poor guy, you got to see this guy. I, I don't know what he said. I don't remember. He's just flailing, pretending to be some reporter. <sighs> Never missing an opportunity to attack the media, then took a precise screen gap, grab of Trump flailing his arms, making it look like he was distinctly mocking the reporter, who it turns out is disabled. The New York Times, we think it's outrageous that he would ridicule the appearance of one of our reporters. Um, Donald Trump, in my recent speech before 10,000 people in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, I merely mimicked what I thought would be a flustered reporter trying to get out of a statement he made long ago. If Mr. Kovaleski is handicapped, I would not know because I do not know what he looks like. The reporter responded, saying he had met Trump several times in the past and Trump demanded an apology from the New York Times for the accusation. Donald Trump, quote, The reporter must think a lot of himself if he thinks I remember him from decades ago, if I ever met him at all, which I doubt I did. He should stop using his disability to grandstand and get back to reporting for a paper that is rapidly going down the tubes. In closing, Trump accurately commented that Muslims celebrated after 9-11 in New Jersey. Did he exaggerate the numbers? Well, maybe he saw the footage of celebrations in the Middle East and conflated the two. Maybe he exaggerated, as he tells people he's going to do. Either way, the media was exposed as liars for claiming no celebrations ever took place, and Trump controlled both the narrative and the news cycle and got criticisms of American Muslims out to millions of people who probably have never heard anything about that. The Muslim immigration ban. ban. You may have heard a little bit about this, too. So... Donald Trump published a statement regarding Muslim immigration on his website, and both the mainstream media and the entire political establishment completely freaked out. The statement read, and I quote, Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what is going on. According to Pew Research, among others, there is great hatred towards Americans by large segments of the Muslim population. Most recently, a poll from the Center for Security Policy released data showing, quote, 25% of those polled agreed that violence against Americans here in the United States is justified as part of the global jihad. And 51% of those polled, quote, agreed that Muslims in America should have the choice of being governed according to Sharia. Sharia authorizes such atrocities as murder against non-believers who won't convert, beheadings, and more unthinkable acts that pose great harm to Americans, especially women. He may be referring to stonings or clitorectomies or female genital mutilation or something like that. Those are my particular words added. Now, again, he wants to get this information out to as many people as possible, and he continues to use the hysterical media to do it. Quote, Mr. Trump stated... Without looking at the various polling data, it is obvious to anybody. The hatred is beyond comprehension. Where this hatred comes from and why, we will have to determine. Until we are able to determine and understand this problem and the dangerous threat it poses, our country cannot be the victims of horrendous attacks by people that believe only in jihad and have no sense of reason or respect for human life. If I win the election for president, we are going to make America great again. Now, this, of course, came on the heels of a horrific attack by a jihadi husband and wife, uh, Muslim extremists in um, San Bernardino. Now, of course, the media immediately declared Trump's proposal unconstitutional 
and even claimed that he wanted to ban Muslim U.S. servicemen from returning home. I suppose they overlooked the actual title of the statement, Donald J. Trump's statement on preventing Muslim immigration. So if you're immigrating, it means you're not a U.S. citizen, and it certainly doesn't apply to Muslims, uh, servicemen overseas. So regarding the constitutionality, not hard to look up, took us about five and a half seconds. The Constitution creates, uh, contains the following provision, suspension of entry or imposition of restrictions by president, quote from the Constitution, whenever the president finds that the entry of any aliens or of any class of aliens into the United States would be detrimental to the interests of the United States, he may, by proclamation and for such period as he shall deem necessary, suspend the entry of all aliens or any class of aliens as immigrants or non-immigrants, or impose on the entry of aliens any restrictions he may deem to be appropriate. So again, the media shows their ignorance of the Constitution, knee-jerk reaction to Donald Trump, hysterical exaggeration, false claims, and so on, thus driving down people's respect for and trust in the media. I mean, in fact, America is in the process of winding down wars against Islamic countries and the idea that you let lots and lots of young military-aged men from people you're currently at war with into your country. I don't know what to say. <laughs> That's madness. It was then claimed that Muslims would no longer assist U.S. authorities in searching for radicalized would-be terrorists. See, if we, if we act negatively in any way toward Muslims, we'll stop getting the cooperation of the American Muslim community in finding terrorists. Ah, well, apparently former U.S. counterterrorism agent rebutted that comment, noting that since 9-11, quote, we, the FBI, collectively have received nearly zero help from the Muslim community. He also added that the Muslim community leaders only, quote, give the air as if they are helping. And again, he gets all of this information out because the media overreacts, misrepresents his views, and then the facts come out, but the media helps broadcast it. He is scarily good at this. Jeb Bush said, look, this is not a serious proposal. In fact, it will push the Muslim world, the Arab world, away from us at a time when we need to re-engage with them to be able to create a strategy to destroy ISIS. J.K. Rowling, the British author, how horrible, Voldemort was nowhere near as bad. British Prime Minister David Cameron, Trump's position is divisive, unhelpful, and quite simply wrong. French Prime Minister Manuel Valls, Mr. Trump, like others, fuels hatred. Only our enemy, our only enemy is radical Islamism. So, France is attacked by radical Muslims and they close the borders completely. But when Trump suggests it, apparently he's just fueling hatred at oh, French people. The Obama White House said it disqualifies him from being president because he's using a constitutional power in the goal of protecting Americans. Hillary Clinton said, everyone realizes we need to tighten security. We have to do whatever it takes to keep our people safe. And a reporter asked her, does that include profiling? She said, well, I think we have to do whatever it takes. We are in a war situation and we're going to have to do things people do in times of war. We know that we have to make trade-offs and convenience in our freedom of movement. So she seems to be agreeing with Donald Trump. Sorry, that was Hillary Clinton after 9-11. Here's Hillary Clinton in 2015. Enough of the shameful, dangerous, anti-Muslim rhetoric from Republicans. And of course, they're saying all of that because Muslims tend to vote left, overwhelmingly tend to vote left, so Democrats are just protecting the voting base, not Americans. So, here's some nice bar graph. A question was asked, do you favor or oppose 
Donald Trump's proposal to temporarily ban Muslims who are not U.S. citizens from entering the United States until government officials can say with confidence they can identify those who are coming here to cause the country harm? That's a question that was asked. Do you support Donald Trump's plan? All voters, 50%, which you can see in yellow, supported the Trump plan. Among Republicans, it was 71%. Democrats really didn't like the idea at all. Only 25% of them approved of Donald Trump's plan. Although 20% of Democrats actually said they're going to vote for Trump, so I guess it would be those. Now, you may be wondering, what are the red bars? Well, the exact same question was asked again, but Donald Trump's name was removed. So it was just put forward as a plan without Donald Trump's name attached. All voters went from 50 to 55%. Republicans went from 71 to 72%. Democrats, 25% approval, removed Donald Trump's name, and they loved the plan at a rate of 45%, nearly double. That's the power of the Trump brand. People will agree with you on the left, unless they think it comes from Donald Trump, in which case, oh, it's just wrong and bad. Does he want a Muslim database? Let's find out. On November 20th, 2015, the media was aghast when Donald Trump endorsed the idea of registering all Muslims in the United States with the government. Except he never did any such thing or said any such thing. Now, if you watch Trump at all, his stock answer to random questions is, we're going to have to look at that. Of course he doesn't say yes and he doesn't say no because things change and you need to not be boxed in later. A Yahoo! exclamation mark, and it's the exclamation mark that lets you know how serious they are, a Yahoo reporter asked Trump something about require registering Muslims in a database or giving them a form of special identification that noted their religion. Trump didn't say yes or no and responded with his usual stock answer. We're going to have to look at a lot of things very closely. We're going to have to look at the mosques. We're going to have to look very, very carefully. However, the reporter reports it as he wouldn't rule it out. Now, Trump has asked a series of other questions by reporters and they continue to construct the narrative. Trump was asked about tracking Muslims, and he responded in the context of tracking Muslim Syrian refugees and building a border fence. So he was not talking about all Muslims, really focused on tracking Muslim Syrian refugees. The story grows as the media ascribed his comments to all American Muslims, even though he never said anything even remotely approximating such a statement. How is it all reported? New York Times. Ah, Donald Trump says he'd absolutely require Muslims to register. Time. Donald Trump is in favor of legally requiring American Muslims to register on a database. Raw story. Trump crosses the Nazi line. Maybe Muslims should wear special ID badges. I'm sorry, it's not funny. The whole world's just become the onion. Employing illegal immigrants. Anderson Cooper asked Trump if his comments about immigration were, quote, hypocritical, given that he, Trump, was involved in a lawsuit 35 years ago with some Polish immigrants hired by an outside contractor. Donald Trump said, Oh, Anderson, when you have to go back 35 years to tell me about something, I think that's pretty pathetic, to be honest with you. When pressed on the immigration stat status of his employees, including subcontractors, Trump said, I can't guarantee it. How can anyone? You have anywhere from 11 to 34 million illegal immigrants. I used to hear 11, now I hear 34 million. I can't guarantee anything, but I can say this. We work very hard to make sure that everybody is legal as opposed to illegal. Now, this 11 million, the 34 million has been um, proposed by um, some researchers. So we'll put some links below. But, you know, a third of Mexico has moved to America, a good proportion of it illegally. So he gets this information out for people who don't know.
The Washington Post claimed to have interviewed some unnamed Hispanics who were working on the new Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C., some of them supposedly immigrants of questionable legal status. The Trump organization, quote, Our contractors are required to have prospective employees produce documentation that establishes identity and employment eligibility in compliance with immigration law. Trump legal counsel Michael D. Cohen, quote, Mr. Trump, who is the 100% owner of the old post office, hired one of the largest contractors in the world to act as the general contractor. That company is Lend-Lease. They then go out and employ subcontractors to work for them. The obligation to check all workers on site is exclusive to Lend-Lease. This, of course, assumes that the assertion regarding the employee's status is accurate. And again, how can you win this fight? If it turns out that somehow illegal immigrants ended up working on a Donald Trump building, it just shows how bad the immigration system is. If it doesn't, then you can't criticize him for it. I don't know, why do people try? Ah, enter Vlad the Impaler. President, uh, Russian, Russian President Vladimir Putin on Trump. Quote, he is a very outstanding man, unquestionably talented. He is the absolute leader of the presidential race. It's actually, uh, it's great when you have to go to a former KGB agent and head of a fairly autocratic government to get the truth about the American presidential race. Donald Trump said, it is always a great honor to be so nicely complimented by a man so highly respected within his own country and beyond. I have always felt that Russia and the United States should be able to work well with each other towards defeating terrorism and restoring world peace, not to mention trade and all of the other benefits derived from mutual respect. The media was aghast at the positive exchange and asked Trump, asked Trump about Putin having had journalists killed. Donald Trump, quote, as far as the reporters are concerned, obviously, I don't want that to happen. I think that's horrible. But in all fairness to Putin, you're saying he killed people. I haven't seen that. I don't know that he has. Have you been able to prove that? He's always denied it. He's never, it's never been proven that he's killed anybody. So, you know, you're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, at least in our country. If you've been paying attention, I think you already know how this is reported in the mainstream media. CBS, Donald Trump defends Putin's record on killing journalists. <laughs> Terrible. Time. Trump brushes off Putin's alleged killing of journalists. Washington Times. Donald Trump says Vladimir Putin might kill journalists, but at least he's a leader. USA Today. Trump all but defends Putin on claims that he kills reporters. <laughs> I don't know about the mind of Donald Trump. I could see being tempted. <laughs> Just a joke. Trump was attacked for being anti-Semitic for a speech he gave to a room full of Jewish businessmen. The following are excerpts from a Salon article. Donald Trump just delivered an anti-Semitic speech to the Republican Jewish coalition. He said, uh, stupidly, you want to give me money, he began. But he added that, quote, you're not going to support me because I don't want your money, suggesting that Jews are unwilling to back people whose purse strings they can't control, a classic anti-Semitic trope. I don't get that. <laughs> He said, I'm a negotiator like you folks, he said, while discussing what he considers to be the failures of the recent nuclear deal struck with Iran. Is there anyone in this room who doesn't negotiate deals? He later asked, probably more than any room I've ever spoken, you know, because it's full of Jews. The Anti-Defamation League said, quote, after having carefully reviewed the speech, we do not believe that it was Donald Trump's intention to evoke anti-Semitic stereotypes. He's made, similar, he's made similar comments about spending his own money on the campaign and not asking for money from donors to many other groups. It's not about them being Jewish. I mean, Jewish businessmen, yes, okay, it's a bit, of a bit of a trope, but it's statistically not way off the base. If he's so anti-Semitic, well, I check out his lawyer's name. 
<sighs> Enter Hitler. Hitler 2.0, now with side-styled hair. The New York Times. Never again, don't be so sure, readers on Donald Trump and fascism. Never again is referring to, of course, the Jewish Holocaust. Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, quote, Donald Trump's alarming ideas are reminiscent of the Third Reich. Rick Perestein, Washington Spectator. Comparing Donald Trump to Adolf Hitler would give the American hustler far, far too much credit. Connor Lynch, Salon, interesting name, quote, Donald Trump is an actual fascist. What his surging popularity says about the GOP base, much like Mussolini and Hitler, Trump is a demagogue dedicated to riling up the people, particularly conservatives with race-baiting, traditionalism, and strongman tough talk. And according to polls, it's working for now. Oh yeah, right. Never any race-baiting coming out of Barack Obama or Eric Holder or anyone like that. Spike Lee, the filmmaker. It's very scary. I don't know how he still thinks he can get the Hispanic vote. That's like the Nazis. That's like Hitler, Mussolini, the Axis powers. You can't do that. Roger Cohen, New York Times, quote, Trump's Weimar America, the Weimar Republic, ended with a clown's ascent to power, a high-energy buffoon who shouted loudest, a bully from the beer halls, a racist and a bigot. Philadelphia Daily News, the new Fuhrer, Trump's latest hair-raising idea, keep out all Muslims. Telegraph, who said it, Donald Trump or Adolf Hitler? Former Governor Christy Whitman, quote, it is no longer a stretch to compare Donald Trump and some of the other current Republican candidates for president to some of the worst dictators in history. Bill Maher, the comedian, quote, I try to resist comparisons to Hitler because... There's only one Hitler. He broke them all. But you know what? If you're stirring up xenophobic hate among an angry, humiliated population and talk about rounding up minorities, it's a little Hitler adjacent. Chauncey de Vega, Salon. Donald Trump is a proto-fascist. He buddies up with Russian President Vladimir Putin for credibility in his role as a new Il Duce, a petite Mussolini for 21st century American politics. Donald Trump is a classic strongman political figure. To that end, he encourages violence by his followers against political opponents and those identified as the other are somehow weak. Nor does Donald Trump deny that he is a racist or neo-fascist. Ah, I'm ready to even start. So, of course, Hitler uh, was uh, beaten as a child by his father so viciously that he ended up in a coma. I assume producing brain damage and the kind of severe trauma that leads to the kind of xenophobia and horrifying racism and murderousness that he exhibited as dictator of the Third Reich. Um, is he like Hitler? Well, when Hitler was running for office, he'd already been jailed for the beer hole putsch where he tried to overthrow a government. He was in jail and he wrote Mein Kampf in jail. I don't believe that Donald Trump has been ever put in jail for attempting to overthrow a government. Um, Donald Trump, in fact did not even spank his children, for which he has my eternal respect. I wish he'd talk a little bit more about that, but um, the idea that you're going to compare Donald Trump with Hitler is so hysterical that I think it should pretty much disqualify you from being taken seriously. Anyway, let's move on. Event protesters. During an appearance at the Hill No Labels event, Trump was criticized by a female audience member named Lauren Batchelder. Quote, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can prove me wrong, but I don't think you're a friend to woman. I think she meant to say women, but she said woman. The media played this up using the war on women narrative, but it was quickly discovered that the audience member was in fact a staff member of the Jeb Bush for President 2016 campaign. 
Photos of the staffer with Jeb Bush and Marco Rubio emerged, including a Facebook post. I love you, Jeb. I'm sorry you have to be next to Trump. During audience Q&A, another attendee said, quote, We have a problem in this country. It's called Muslims. We know our current president is one. You know he's not even an American. We have training camps growing where they want to kill us. When can we get rid of them? Trump was then fiercely criticized for not vehemently denouncing the idea that President Barack Obama was a Muslim. Now, in general, I've given speeches. They're crazy people. Interrupt them. You don't engage with them. You don't get into a debate with them because they're crazy. When a protester was ejected from a recent speech during cold weather, Trump joked that security should confiscate their coat. The media criticized Trump for suggesting the confiscation of private property. <laughs> Humorless spinsters. The media had previously criticized the removal of an aggressive protester from a Trump rally who was later discovered to be a previously convicted bomber of a marine recruitment center. Oh, OMG, a dating younger women joke. In 2006, Donald Trump was asked on The View about his daughter posing in Playboy. He said, I don't think Ivanka would do that, pose for nude photographs, inside the magazine, although she does have a very nice figure. I've said that if Ivanka weren't my daughter, perhaps I would be dating her. And people laughed, and there was another joke. Trump's people issued a statement that Donald was absolutely joking and making fun of himself for his tendency to date younger women. The joke went over well in the room, including a follow-up joke by Joy Behar asking, Who are you, Woody Allen? Trump belly laughed and told Joy, that's very good. Woody Allen ended up marrying one of his stepkids, I think. Saturday Night Live. As Trump planned to host Saturday Night Live, the media continually commented on a supposed planned Hispanic activism group protest. Unfortunately for the media, despite all the hoopla, including 500,000 online signatures opposing the event, only about 40 people showed up in New York City to protest. Activism group Deport Racism Pack offered $5,000 if any SNL audience member disrupted the show by calling Trump a racist. In a planned bit which took the wind out of the sails of the activist, Seinfeld creator Larry David showed up and called Trump a racist during his opening monologue, aiming to collect the reward. Salon said, SNL's Donald Trump train wreck, welcoming a racist megalomaniac under the guise of edgy humor, blew up in the show's face. They're gonna lose big bad time, say I, adding to the quote. Apparently, blowing up in the show's face involves giving Saturday Night Live its biggest overnight rating since early 2012. You say what you want about Donald Trump. He certainly does deliver the eyeballs. The Trump is an idiot claim, 6,745. Yes, we've been counting. The media attacked Trump's business confidence by claiming he could have been even richer if he did nothing and invested the inheritance from his father into a mutual fund of S&P 500 stocks. The Beam said, Bloomberg sorry, puts Trump's current net worth at $2.9 billion. If Trump had just put his father's money in a mutual fund that tracked the S&P 500 and spent his career finger painting, he'd have $8 billion. There are a number of pretty obvious and simple inaccuracies in these statements, including the amount of his inheritance. It's all speculative. When Trump received his inheritance, Trump's father died in 1999. This article calculates from 1974. That's quite a long time before his father died. His current net worth, Trump's current net worth uh, is incorrect, and the fact that Trump's inheritance was actually a portion of the business that Trump had run for close to a decade. That's not liquidable easily. It's grossly misleading to say that Trump was gifted money from his rich father given the business relationship. <sighs> 
Donald apparently isn't rich enough. The media also circulated the claim that Donald Trump isn't rich enough to afford, quote, the $1.5 billion or more it's expected to cost him to reach the White House in 2016. Okay, so his net worth is $10 billion, which is more than $1.5 billion. But also, this is the speculation that Trump is going to run a traditional campaign, which is certainly not indicated by past behavior. He's way under budget as far as it goes already. So, And, and, and also, <laughs> what the media is doing by circulating this information is reminding the American public that some politician has to raise $1.5 billion to get into the White House, which means $1.5 billion of favors owed to people, at least the people who've donated directly, which is part of the corruption that... Donald Trump complains about. So again, are they hurting him? I think not. Now, Jeb Bush got very, very upset. Very upset. Donald Trump supported comments about Jeb Bush's immigration position to the effect of, he said, if my wife were from Mexico, I think I would have a soft spot for people from Mexico. This is what Donald Trump supported these comments. So, Jeb Bush said, to subject my wife into the middle of a raucous political conversation was completely inappropriate, and I hope you apologize for that, Donald. Donald Trump, no, I won't do that, because I've said nothing wrong. So, Bush, Jeb Bush, really, really upset that Donald Trump might support comments to the effect that if his wife was from Mexico, that he thinks Jeb would have a soft spot for people from Mexico. Apparently, that's just really, really bad. Now, in the opening lines of Jeb Bush's 2013 book, Immigration Wars, Jeb Bush admitted that his wife, Columba, had in fact shaped his views on immigration. Within the first two sentences of Jeb Bush's book, quote, Immigration to me is personal. It means my wife and my family. Two paragraphs later, Thanks to my wife, I became bicultural and bilingual. And my life is better because of it. For the first time in my life, I learned what the immigrant experience was, and I grew to appreciate her desire to learn English and embrace American values while still retaining her love for the traditions of Mexico. Man, it takes a special kind of chutzpah to attack someone for restating what you stated in a book a few years ago. <laughs> Amazing. Gun control in Paris. Trump received criticism for suggesting that the Paris terrorist attack would have been different if the victims had guns. Donald Trump, you had hundreds of people, hundreds of people in those rooms, especially in the big dance room. Paris and France have probably the toughest gun laws in the world. We have tough gun laws here in some places, and by the way, they're usually the places that have the biggest problems. Out of all of those five, six, seven, eight hundred people, there wasn't one gunman. The only one that had the gun were the thugs, were the stupid people, were the losers. So they killed almost 150 people. If they had some guns in that room, they would have been so much better off and it would have been a much, much different result. French Ambassador Gérard Arrau, this message is repugnant in its lack of any human decency, vulture. Yeah, terrible that he wants fewer French people shot by terrorists, bastard. Don't trust Donald Trump with the nuclear codes. An entire conversation in a Republican debate was based around, would you trust Donald Trump with access to nuclear weapons? This discussion had occurred previously and continued in the media. George Will said, since we are at the end of this going to elect a president, people will have to say, do we really want to give nuclear weapons to Donald Trump? At which point I think things change. When it comes to Republican candidates, it turns out that the voters do trust Trump. Asked about handing, the na handing over um, the nation's nuclear weapons to Trump, 34% of Republicans said they 
would trust Trump trailing only Ben Carson at 39%. ISIS recruitment videos. Hillary Clinton made the claim that Donald Trump's comments were being used in ISIS recruitment videos, but there was a problem. No such video actually existed. The lie was so broad that even the left-leaning PolitiFact and the Associated Press refuted her statement. Now, it's not the first time that Hillary got in trouble for blaming a video for a problem. <clears throat> Benghazi. Oddly enough, though, a recent ISIS recruitment video was found containing Hillary's husband, Bill Clinton, calling him a fornicator. It's a pretty nice way of putting it. After Clinton's comments, ISIS did eventually create a video featuring Donald Trump. And if she was treated like Trump in the media, the headlines would read, Clinton aids ISIS recruitment. Ah, does he want to close down the internet? Donald Trump commented on using the brightest minds in information technology to stop ISIS from using the internet as a recruitment tool. Quote, I'm not talking about closing the internet. I'm talking about closing parts of the internet where ISIS is. Donald Trump, quote, we have to go see Bill Gates and a lot of different people that really understand what's happening. We have to talk to them about maybe in certain areas closing that internet up in some way. Somebody will say, oh, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. These are foolish people. We have a lot of foolish people. Trump suggesting that steps be taken to, to disable ISIS's internal communications from the Middle East was reported as if he wanted to shut down the entire internet, including domestically, which was never suggested or proposed. While being followed around by a Rolling Stone reporter, Trump said at one point, this is a private conversation, look at that face, referring to Carly Fiorina. Would anyone vote for that? Can you imagine that? The face of our next president? I mean, she's a woman and I'm not supposed to say bad things, but really, folks, come on. Are we serious? Trump later commented, I'm talking about her persona. Her persona is not going to be, she's not going to be president. And what she's saying about my hair, I know that's okay and you won't defend me. In 2010, Carly Fiona was also caught criticizing her opponent. Senator Barbara Boxer's hair into an open microphone. She said, God, what is that hair? followed by a long laugh and the comment, so yesterday. Fiorina's campaign dismissed the comments as early morning small talk, but Trump's comments are a grievous attack on all women. Hillary got schlonged. Donald Trump was attacked as a sexist misogynist for saying she was favored to win against Obama in 2008 and she got schlonged. She lost, she lost. Everyone thought this was a sexual reference except anybody who knew anything about it. It was quickly discovered that schlonged is campaign election jargon for being defeated soundly, and old clips of Trump and other political figures using it was quickly discovered. After the Paris terrorist attack, Trump was also attacked for comments about the family of ISIS terrorists. Quote, we're fighting a very politically correct war, and the other thing with the terrorists, you have to take out their families. When you get these terrorists, you have to take out their families. They care about their lives, don't kid yourselves. They say they don't care about their lives, but you have to take out their families. Now, the wife of one of the Paris terrorist attackers wrote, quote, I encouraged my husband to leave in order to terrorize the people of France who have so much blood on their hands. I'm so proud of my husband. And to boast about his virtue, ah la la, I am so happy. As long as you continue to offend Islam and Muslims, you will be potential targets and not just cops and Jews, but everyone. Where do the terrorists come from? Somebody raises them. George W. Bush kept us safe. As Jeb Bush made comments about how his brother kept us safe, Trump was criticized for pointing out that George W. Bush was president at the time of the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks. Donald Trump. When you talk about George Bush, I mean, 
Say what you want. The World Trade Center came down during his time. He was president. Okay, blame him or don't blame him, but he was president. The World Trade Center came down during his reign. They'll have to avoid the facts of that. Jeb Bush. How pathetic for at real Donald Trump to criticize the president for 9-11. We were attacked and my brother kept us safe. Trump. Jeb, why did your brother attack and destabilize the Middle East by attacking Iraq when there were no weapons of mass destruction? Bad info? Ah, uh, yes. Also, apparently, he's a rapist. In what was a new low even for the media, the Daily Beast wrote a story claiming that Donald Trump had raped his ex-wife, Ivana Trump. The accusation emerged from speculation in the 1993 book, The Last Tycoon, The Many Lives of Donald J. Trump, by Harry Hurt. Ivana Trump, quote, I've recently read some comments attributed to me from nearly 30 years ago at a time of very high tension during my divorce from Donald. The story is totally without merit. Donald and I are the best of friends and together have raised three children that we love and are very proud of. I have nothing but fondness for Donald and I wish him the best of luck on his campaign. Incidentally, I think he would make an incredible president. Deportation force. Trump has also been slammed for commenting about having a deportation force for people in the country illegally. The media slammed this idea, but apparently they don't know what U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, already does, which is round people up who are there illegally and deport them. You know the way that the cops will round you up, you don't pay your taxes and drag you off to jail? That's kind of how it works. So people who don't know that laws or opinions with guns are a little confused when people talk about enforcing laws. Violence is bad. That's what law is. Ted Cruz noted that he does not support the deportation force proposed by Donald Trump, noting that, quote, we have an enforcement force. It's called Border Patrol, and it's called Immigration and Customs Enforcement. So it's a different label. So I don't support the different label for the same thing. Got it. The Donald Trump is a Hillary Clinton plant conspiracy. John Fun from the National Review, quote, just maybe Donald Trump is a double agent for the left. He is nearly a cartoon version of what a comedian such as Stephen Colbert considers a conservative, the kind of conservative Colbert played on Comedy Central until this year. He reinforces all the left's negative stereotypes of conservatives as ignorant blowhards. Campaign finance hypocrisy. The New York Times claims, quote, Trump is no longer self-financing his campaign after being, quote, inundated with five or ten dollar donations from supporters who want to help, the campaign started accepting small donations from supporters, none from lobbyists. Donald Trump said, look, I know the lobbyists want something. I've been doing this all my life. I've been a very big contributor to many, many people on all sides for many, many years. I don't want lobbyists. I don't want special interests. I would take contributions. I actually like the idea of investing in a campaign, but it has to be no strings attached. Now, Trump and Bernie Sanders are the only candidates not affiliated with massive super PACs or political action committees. And this is just another attempt to smear Trump, who is clearly self-funding the vast majority of his campaign. And, you know, if people want to send you money, rejecting their money might make them upset. So it's a balance. Ah, the peril of making a joke in public. Oprah Winfrey. During an interview, Trump was asked about his relationship with Oprah Winfrey and if she would make a good vice presidential candidate for his ticket. Trump responded by praising Oprah before saying tongue-in-cheek that she would make a great running mate. The media reported Trump's friendly comments as factual political news and the absurdity of the Trump campaign. I'm Donald J. Batman. 
At the Iowa State Fair, Trump used his personal helicopter to give free rides to a select group of children. Want to be a nice guy? Don't do it in America, <laughs> if you're on the right. During one of the rides, one child asked, Mr. Trump, are you Batman? Trump responded, I am Batman. <laughs> and everybody had a good laugh, except for the media, which attacked him for it. Huffington Post, now some poor kid thinks Donald Trump is Batman. Andrea Romano from Mashable, quote, you can't just tell kids you're Batman. Donald Trump. Now, it's totally possible that Trump was joking around, but considering his lavish Bruce Wayneian lifestyle, it's not too far-fetched to believe he might believe he is the Dark Knight. Well, to be fair, at the time of this publication, Freedom Aid Radio is unable to confirm or deny whether Donald J. Trump is, in fact, Batman. So... We stopped. <laughs> we, we ran out of a, a carpal tunnel from typing. 43 years of misrepresentations. Uh, people say, oh, but he's not a conservative. Well, he's endorsed by Phyllis Schlafly and Ann Coulter, uh, two women considered to be, you know, fairly deep into the conservative trenches. He gave a speech at the RNC in the 80s, all conservative stuff. The important thing, the big lesson here, please, people, don't let people tell you what to think or feel. Don't let me do it. Don't let anyone else do it. And in particular, don't let the mainstream media do it. They're not trying to inform you. They're trying to control you. The future, if we're going to have one, must belong to people who think for themselves and who violently, emotionally push back against those who wish to control you with a false narrative. Thank you so much for watching. If you find this information useful, please like, subscribe, and share. And we do take donations. Uh, um, you can even send more than 5 or $10 if you want at freedomainradio.com slash donate uh, to help us continue to do this work in bringing truth to a sometimes seemingly darkening world. Thank you so much. This is Stefan Molyneux. We'll talk to you soon.